Welcome to the third episode of the podcast, Private View. Conversations with artists in their studios about their art practices. Produced and hosted by me, Jack Jupiter. In this episode, I talked to the artist, Will Martyr, in his studio in Deptford, South London. At the time of the conversation... He had just completed a successful solo show at Unit Gallery, London, and was currently working on several large commissions. I used to share a studio with him, and so it was a great catch-up in his new live studio in Childers Street. Will's colourful, hard-edged paintings depict luxury interiors and their surroundings, alluding to an aesthetic of affluence that could be deemed a direct reference to early pop art of the early 1960s, such as the work of David Hockney. He is currently represented by the Unit Gallery, and has work in various major collections. This recording was made in February 2019. We talked about his time at the Royal College of Art, working with assistants, and the issues concerning image appropriation. Enjoy. Was there like a particular artwork or someone that you that sort of put you onto painting and stuff? Oh, my father um, wanted to be an artist, yeah, and was uh, forbidden to be an artist by my grandfather. Very old school yeah. English attitude towards anything to do that yeah. wasn't to do with finance or business. So instead of that, he went and did architecture at the, the Architectural Association. So when I showed an aptitude for art growing up was something that was very, very much promoted. And uh, I was taken to, we lived, didn't live too far from London, so we were always coming into London to see exhibitions. And uh, my father kind of enforced to me that I should always carry a sketchbook and pencil with me wherever I went. So his, his enthusiasm coupled with um, going and seeing art as much as we possibly could was the, was the real driving force behind me becoming an artist you know it was never it was never perceived as a career that could not happen put it that way rather than something that was you know a pipe dream it was something that was always billed as a realistic option as a career so that's quite interesting because because i mean i i come from a thing where where my parents were artists so i kind of knew what i was getting into and stuff and uh i think that's kind of um What's really great if you've got like sort of parents or something that are, that are kind of um, enthusiastic about it. I can imagine people are not. Yeah, but I guess I guess at the same time, it's, like it, it, it can be it can be a double edged sword in that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously I just in in my mind, if my parents were artists, there is again there is a presumption that you should become an artist rather than them yeah. being yeah, yeah. you know something that is 
maybe my the promotion of my my father is was more promotion of me to be an artist by my father was m more or less aggressive than than it was for your parents i don't know yeah. but uh you know it was never something you know when you when you go to at schools all the way through school it's not something that's that's ever really muted as, as a as a viable career so to have a parent that has you know always wanted to or has had that kind of you know something pulled away from him that he's always wanted to do it's uh, it, it, you know it, it definitely fueled his his ambition for me to do it so you know he actually was offered a place at the Slade in 1968 wow and uh, wasn't allowed to take it. So he got a proper job, which is an architect, yeah. and, and did that for a long time. So, uh, you know, that in, and again, you can see where that influence comes into my work with regards to kind of the architectural motifs that are in the work. Architectural, um, architectural uh, journals were all over our house. We were constantly going to the Reva bookstore. And, you, yeah. know, it, you know, you can see where all those those kind of early ideas come from. I remember drawing, as a six-year-old, drawing imaginary Georgian houses, the kind of the repetition of the forms, the repetition of the windows. And, uh, you know, obviously that feeds into everything in, in what that I do in, do to this day, even now. So it's, uh, yeah. So you, that's quite interesting. So you've always kind of wanted to do sort of like buildings and stuff kind of on your... your I just, I think it's, I mean, it's something, it's something that, it's not a conscious thing that uh, I want to, I want to make paintings of buildings, yeah. but it's the artist that I was interested in as I was becoming much more aware of the art world, yeah. used a kind of a vocabulary that made, uh, made building or painting buildings much more of a, of a, a way forward. So, you know, I, the, the artist that struck me to start with when I was thinking about going to art school were, you know, the uh, Russian constructivists, you know, you looked at uh, early abstract expressionism, hard edge, Ellsworth Kelly, colour filled paintings by Mondrian, these kind of things. So you can see where my, my interest in colour, first and foremost, and then in architecture gets married together to create, you know, the paintings that I've been making for you know, a long, a long, long time. Yeah. So, yeah. I could also see the, um, the technical side, like the constructivists and people like that. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I've I've always been interested in that yeah. that aspect of craft behind yeah. behind making of an artwork. Yeah. It's, it's something that I take a huge amount of time and pride in, and I think it's something that you know, if you don't even if you don't like the artwork, at least you can respect the amount of quality and time and energy that goes into making, you know, something like this. You know. So I mean, it's it's a valid kind of making art, sort of. Kind of the technical, technical and the um, you're very the work's very much about color as well, so you can almost they could be abstract paintings, but you've chosen to do how you use an image rather than like shapes and and form and stuff like that. I, yeah. I, I think I yeah. think it's, and you're right though. That I think that. There are elements within within a larger canvas. There are elements that are paintings within within paintings, yeah. which I think you know. You're right that there those are things that I really want to explore, and uh, move towards making more abstract works as well, um, that are purely about color. I mean, you can see around around yeah. the studio that most of what I do now is about color. It's it's you know once I've decided a composition, 
the thing that I enjoy the most is 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 the the play with color. So uh, it, you know it, they offer an armature, the kind of the the, the compositions offer an armature to play with color. Really. Yeah. So I think you know you're right that in, in the in the future I think that the the representational elements of the work will become less and less. But I think in the recent show you you can see that the work became a lot more playful in you know in the in the placing of more abstract motifs within the work rather than just being pure kind of stage sets of beautiful buildings or places or experiences. Yeah, I've got, I saw a lot of um, more focus on composition than you've done before, actually, um, which, is, which is kind of, I find, which I think is quite an interesting um, direction that you're doing. Yeah, I so. think, I, I, it's quite, yeah. I, I enjoy those rules. It's quite yeah. nice. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, there's, I, you know, single point perspective or two points yeah. perspective is immensely seductive. And, you know, again, early artists that I was, that I went to see with my, my father when I was growing up were those artists that dealt with kind of early perspectives. So, you know... Like Jericho and stuff Jericho, like that? but also most, uh, even most, earlier, most looking, at, looking at uh, Uccello or Piero oh, yeah. Francesca. Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And looking at those rhythm within It's kind forms. of very pure... Absolutely. Uh, composition. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see... Now, you're talking about Piero Francesca. Yeah, I can see a lot of that in your work. Yeah, and I think... The very sort of pure, pure sort of, like... Very um, easy to the eye composition, which Pio Della Francesca is. But also, but also the placing of of of, of, uh, of motifs, or you know, the dove above the head of John the Baptist, the way in which the canvas is split up. Yeah, that kind of it, it, it is religious iconography. I, 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 that it yeah. is religious iconography. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's uh, the way in which the the, the canvases are, are split. And the bands of colour again in in Ocello, and, and you you can really again take paintings and make them into much more abstract elements. But the placing of certain motifs to lead your eye around the, the, the canvas is something that I've that I've that I've started to use much more as well. And in fact, in in actually making or understanding the compositions of paintings, I've been actually physically making uh, dioramas, as it were, for elements of the painting. So rather than just say taking. Uh, photographs of, of you know either bought or taken myself. Yeah, I actually make tabletops and place objects within a tabletop and photograph them under various different lights and then use those elements within the paintings. So it's a multifaceted way of constructing the composition. That's quite interesting. It's kind of like pushing your work in in different directions as well, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, yeah. just this weekend, you know, at home. Uh, I'm making a painting for uh, a Lebanese collector and uh, I wanted to place some items on the table of a, uh, of a, of a, of a, of a restaurant that's overlooking a, a bay yeah. and there were certain things that I wanted to have on that table that you know you can't you can't find an image online or take a photograph from a holiday that has that same sure. so you have to do a still life basically so you have to make a still life take yeah. a photograph yeah, yeah. move it around so you know you take maybe three or four hundred photographs to find the, the particular composition that you want you go and buy things you know when I when I put two ice creams in a painting last year I went and bought ice cream crystal goblet things and bought the ice cream and the wafers and, and there's, there's something that's uh, incredibly satisfying about making those those elements yourself rather than try and find them or 
you know, making compromises as to what you can find online or... Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it, again, it's about control. It's about that kind of the immense control of the kind of the surface. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it's quite interesting to use found imagery, but also still life. The, that contrast creates quite interesting paintings in itself kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and stuff like. So the, most of your images come from the internet or from magazines from uh, books and stuff well you have to be yeah. careful which images you use because obviously the copyright situation yeah. is, is, is incredibly you know you don't want to get into any issues there so most of the most images I use yeah. are uh, images I've taken myself yeah. um, and then dioramas that I've created myself as we discussed but if there are particular elements or particular buildings that I yeah. want to, to use you know you, you buy the images or the copyright of, the, of certain parts of the images from Getty or from Dreamscape, uh, Dreamtime or from Shutterstock or whatever. But I never, you know, you never use a particular image whole, uh, wholesale, or like stock. So there'll be a particular thing where I'll be like, the sky in that in that painting of a car, in, in, that, in that photograph of a car is fantastic. I'll buy the copyright of that particular image just to use the sky okay. in a particular, in a, another particular composition. Or, yeah. you know, that chair and that one, I like that. So... You know, you 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 never use of one particular image. It, it, the composite images made to, to make up these will, will be from say five or six different six different photos that you that I've bought online, as well as photos that I've taken myself, as well as imagined elements. Yeah. Um, so you know, so, because it, so all the found images become mixed into your own. Exactly. I mean, stuff it, like that. You know, it's it's where kind of. it's where where this collage meets this kind of. Uh, you know yeah that, that kind of element so it's uh, obviously it's a painted image so it's not collage but it's you're not using the real f- images you know you're bastardizing them and chopping them around yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah things yeah. around so look quite interesting you you actually pay for copyright and stuff of course stuff, yeah. yeah oh my god yeah absolutely like even t- t- a bit of a sky or something like that definitely like that. well because you're in danger of um, no, I mean, I mean my of... wife is a intellectual property okay. so I have all these conversations yeah, about yeah. it and stuff well, there's some, there's been like, like Lou Timon's got into trouble for like, Lots like a picture have. that he that was taken thirty years ago, and the photographers realised, yeah, and he had to pay loads of money and stuff like that. So it's yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. and I think it's probably it's like a, it's like a postmodern issue now, isn't it? Because appropriation is used a lot in 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 art. I guess, and, but it's stuff you know, like it's, it's it's a it's a but it still is an immensely grey area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you know, you know, yeah, if yeah. someone wants to sue you, they're going to really want to. Ha- yeah. eat, they're going to really want to have to because it's one yeah, it's yeah, expensive, yeah. and there are so many grey areas. But you know, I just don't want to have any issues. So you know, it's uh, it's not expensive to pay for, uh, you know, to use a sky. You know, you know, I could easily not pay for it, and no one would find out. But for my yeah. peace of mind making artwork and moving forward yeah, 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 because yeah. you, you, you're not, always going to have someone like a, actually that sky it's yeah. my sky no one, no one would ever <laughs> no one would ever do that and the fact is because it's a painting and because it's yeah. so abstracted out yeah yeah it's it's you know no one could no one could do that sure but it's it's still you know I, I basically I'm belt and braces making sure that nothing ever happens so it's because I use a lot of figures I take, but I kind of change them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they, well, they make them into something else. I just use them as a armature. Absolutely. And so, um, 
they look completely different. So I don't think yeah. people like actually that is from no, no, no. I mean, photograph. I think, I think, I think that if, sort you, of, yeah. if you, you know, if, if you if you take an image and you silkscreen it into your work, yeah, you, you're gonna have issues or use use elements of a photograph of the actual photograph in your work. Then that's that's uh, you know. And I think the issue is that because, um, well, with the Luke Timmons, it's all about like he sold that painting for loads of money. And yeah. The photographer probably t- got just well, a wage. Well, this is, I mean, I'm not. I'm I'd not, say he's like. Well, this is, he's worth su- it's worth suing him. It's not worth suing it's, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> stuff is. like that. Can you talk about a little bit, maybe your education a bit and stuff and then. Yeah, so I. I, uh, I when I was 17. I, I did the Slade Alternative Foundation course. Yeah. Between my kind of. Is that during the summer? During yeah. the summer, so yeah. it's a twelve week. So it's like the full intense the full summer. Sort of. And you know, I, I that was at the Slade, and a lot of the tutors stayed over to to, to work on the summer course, and I did my A level a year early. So it was it was very much like right, I'm using this as a preparation for getting an idea of what it would be like one to be at art school, but also to. To then spend a year back at school, preparing a portfolio that had nothing to do with the uh, with the focus, what is you know, or, or the, the syllabus that an A level includes. So you know, you're not having to sit down and make still lives. You know, I'd done my quota of that stuff to be able to get my A level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was about right, what am I, what am I interested in? What art am I interested in? What shows am I? Can I go and see? And, and you know, I lived in a halls of residence at UCL for the summer, and you know, it was. It was an incredibly eye-opening So is this pre-foundation then, or it, I, this was your I, foundation? I actually didn't do a foundation. You went straight. I went straight. So Bernard Cohen was still, was still around, and uh, Caroline Delanoy, and yeah. uh, some amazing people at the Slade. You know, they were absolutely what? incredible. And uh, it was an amazing So like experience. a 17-year-old. A 17, yeah. You know, it kind of must have been eye-opening eye It was incredible. It was, you know, it, was the, it was the year of sensations. It was, you know, it was oh, nuts. Yeah. You know, none of this was 1997, was it? 97, yeah. 97, right, yeah, because yeah, that's when I started the Royal Academy. There you go. In 997. Yeah. And I remember that film, the BBC documentary about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went into the into the life room and kind of thing. Yeah. And sort of like, oh, fuck, that's where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, that was quite an exciting time to start. Yeah. No, well, London was it's amazing. Like, like, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah. The YBAs were, yeah, were, yeah. were roaring yeah, yeah. and it was... Yeah. It was a, you know, then then after that, I did. I said I did my, my alternative foundation course, yeah. went back and just kind of buried myself. My my, I was very lucky. I got another my my housemaster gave me another studio. And it gave me another bedroom, and I turned it into a studio. So I basically didn't go to art lessons because I'd done my other year, and I spent a whole year making paintings, what I wanted to make. I said it's kind of a year out. Pretty much, well, I, yeah, I was between. doing my other A levels at the same time, but yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. you know, I spent a yeah. lot of time in in my studio. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because so, I know that the Slade does did a thing where it was like a four year degree, which, oh, right, which yeah. is like a foundation included. Well, this basically, is it. Right, it was a four so year you went straight from school because I knew four year under, there was someone who I went to school with who, who she was really good at drawing and she did that. Yeah, and it was very sort of, but you do quite a. Yeah, intense period of like academic side, and then yeah, I mean, yeah, you, can there was, there was, you know, you, you, when you turn yeah. up on the first day, you start reading about Merleau Ponty and Kant, which is an eighteen-year-old is is is, is pretty, pretty dense right. stuff. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you know, because the slave was what it was, 
you know, you, whenever a, a, a big artist came through, you know, Schnabel, Peter Halley, uh, you know, any of the, any, any of the YBAs would be in there, Gavin Turk, Tracy Emin, you know, Chris Philly, obviously Jenny Savile, you know, we were, we were lectured by, uh, you know, some of the tutors there were, oh, Massimo, oh, what's his name? Did you have Ewan Ibo? Ewan was dead by the time I got there. I think, he, oh, right. I think he died like the year that I got there, but the life room was pretty much dead. It was just full with Americans thinking that it was 1900. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think there was a single English person in that room, but you know they were kind of uh, they were kind of viewed with suspicion, yeah. you know. Oh, because yeah. I thought Jenny Sh- Savile took over you and Oglo's, like because he had his own little group of uh, students that just were under him. Ah, oh, she was too famous. Of, she came in and gave tutorials. Yeah, but I think you know, and we had Kay Donahue, and we had um, what's his name, the guy Enrico David. You know, had yeah. some amazing people, and then obviously all the lectures and stuff, and. It, at the, at, at the time as well, in the fourth year, we had uh, uh, Lally Chetwind and we had uh, Nikki Verber. You know, we had uh, uh, some amazing people there. Incredibly intimidating. Oh, so it was pretty, like... Uh, it was nuts. It was nuts. It was amazing. You know, so you, you we have a Conrad, Conrad Shawcross yeah, as well? Cause... Conrad was there, he was doing sculptures downstairs. Amazing. Okay, Dane's like his... Um... He had his dream catcher. He had a old, like... full, old black Capri. Yeah, they were all in New Contemporaries because the... Yeah. 2001 New Contemporaries he was in that yeah, and yeah. It, was, it was an amazing place yeah, like, to be it was a kind of weird um, uh, cosmos that he did on Out of Wood stuff yeah yeah know. and of course downstairs yeah. teaching sculpture was Filler there as well Filler Barlow I mean it's just you know you look back at it now wow so it was good good rustling it's amazing yeah, like, yeah. you look back at it now and you just think yeah. my god like, you were, I was there at a, at a, a really interesting time yeah. you know these yeah, people yeah. are now you know massive also, in my year, Ange Smith, obviously, you know, so, yeah. you know, incredible, like, some amazing people. So, yeah, it was, it was a good place to be. Then I moved to New York. Yeah. Uh, to the New York Studio Schools, which is a weird place. Uh, <sighs> and then came back and did my Masters at the Royal College, uh, which was fantastic, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Again, some amazing people yeah. come out through there as well in my year, so. So was it worth getting New York? Was that going to experience? I mean, because I know yeah, they... no, I love. I mean, obviously for the kind of paintings I make, New York was amazing. Yeah, and uh, I, I, actually, in your third year at the Slade, there's a scholarship to five people to go anywhere in the world. Yeah, and they have they have obviously kind of uh, reciprocal arrangements with certain schools, and one of them was the New York Studio Schools. And in fact, the, the dean of the school is an English guy um, called. Oh. I think Alex Katz taught. There. Well, I met, I met Alex, I met Alex yeah. Katz at, at that place. He was an you know, interesting guy. But uh, uh, yeah, so it, it's, a, it's a drawing school that you would have thought that living in somewhere like New York as a painter, you know, in my ears well, when I was driving there, the ringing, the, 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 the essays I've re- read about, you know, de Kooning meeting Rothko yeah. on a bench in, Union, in, in Washington Square Park and, you know, the, you know, that kind of 50s New York. Yeah. And when I got there, this art school was... It's like the people, 19th century, isn't it? it was well, like, even worse. They were, they, they, were, they were trying to do transcriptions of Palo Cello or, you know, Bonar or... It was weird. You know, these people lived in the, arguably the most aggressive city in, in, mod, in the modern world. But doing like classical... But doing of, classical transcriptions of 14th century artworks, which was nuts, you know. That is quite bizarre. I, I, what I was doing, which I thought was pretty kind of conservative at the time yeah. was seen as like degenerate it was unbelievable you know it was I was I was I was I was very much an oddity when I got there but you know I was I was there my third year so I wasn't going to mess around 
doing transcriptions or doing a live drawing class. <laughs> I had to work. You yeah, know, yeah. I was there to make paintings yeah, yeah, yeah. about my experience in New York. So, it's, uh... but you're on a different you're on a, a different uh, sort of plane to those uh, people who who were studying there, like. Well, they were there, they it was kind of like that. an Erasmus thing where you basically exactly yeah. you're coming in and you you use an experience of being outside of college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you could do whatever you wanted to do, basically. But yeah, the director there was a guy yeah. called Graham Nixon, so. and he he pre to Rome, um, and a great painter. Yeah. And he uh, he offered he he because my he knew a lot of people obviously back in in London, and when I graduated from the from the Slade, I rang and said, look, do you, I'd really want to come back to New York. Do you mind if I came back and, you know, maybe I'll do a bit of teaching and I'm happy to pay a bit of money for a studio. Would you mind me coming back? Um, I wouldn't do any of your classes or anything like that, but I just want to be around, you know, that atmosphere. And he said, yes. So I went back for a year after I graduated, before I went to the Royal College to live in New York and had a studio there. And, uh, you know, it was amazing. Yeah. So that was, that, that was, you know, part of the benefits of having... You know, having been out there yeah. under the wing of the slaves, to be able to go back was incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you doing these kind of this, this paintings you're doing at the moment? Like, I'm trying to think. They were, they were much more. I think I seem to remember you showed me some of what you obviously the way that you did the Royal College, and they were they were more abstract, but they were about the skyscrapers. Exactly. Because like because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. with New York, it's all about looking up. Yeah, I got, I got in. really into the kind of the. The over-engineering of buildings as well. So contemporary architecture, of course, there are skyscrapers and stuff. Yeah. Like that, but looking at, as you say, the abstract nature of those buildings, but looking at the way in which architects use you know, nuts and bolts or wires or clasps and indulging in those elements, you know, they're, they're heavily over-engineered, but aesthetically they have this amazing beauty, this kind of industrial beauty to these, yeah. uh, these 20th, 21st century buildings, you know. And uh, that's the kind of thing I was really interested in at that point. How's how's the Royal College? Well, do you, is yeah. that good? Well, it's, it's it's pretty much. I got into the Royal Academy as well. Yeah, uh, and I had to make a decision. Um, three yeah, uh, three years or two years. Like. Yeah, three years. <laughs> no. And uh, it was. I tried to get into the Royal Academy a few times under Brendan, and yeah. uh, I think maybe because of the kind of artwork I made, which was quite similar to his, it, it kind of rubbed them up the wrong way. <laughs> so when Maurice Cockrell came in, he was an amazing guy, lovely yeah. bloke. I got in straight away, and uh, yeah, he was he was great. And I, it was a real it was a real struggle to know what to do because they were both free at the time. The Royal yeah. College was free, pretty much. It was like five hundred quid a year with all the other with all the kind of. And you'd, be able to get, you'd have to get grant. There was quite a lot of grants available for. Yeah, for I mean, I, I, yeah. thankfully, I I was making money from you know, making a decent little bit of money on the side from selling my work whilst I was still at the Royal, at the Royal College. So I didn't have to have a job whilst I was, yeah. I was there. As you were selling your work? Yeah. Straight, because I knew you, you were saying that you, you were selling your work all the way through the Royal College. I hadn't realised you were yeah. kind of selling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, right, before, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. So you were like... Well, there was a gap. Like, I, I got back to London in... I was only there for so I got back in 2003. I didn't start yeah. my master's until 2005. So I had two years of living in Bethnal Green, working for Jamie Oliver at 15. And, yeah, uh, I was being fun. Paint, paint, <laughs> painting in the evening. Or, or painting during the day and then working there at the evening. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, like everyone does. Do you know what I mean? And you, obviously when we had a studio over the other break, I was yeah, always yeah. off doing, doing the catering jobs. Catering jobs. You've got to make, you know, you've got yeah. to make ends meet, right? Yeah. It was fun as well. 
What, the catering or the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both. I mean, put it this yeah. way, you, know, you, need to, you need to make money to be able to continue to make your patients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you want to do something that, you know... It was weird. It was one of those things where it was like, I didn't want to be making... Well, it's kind of a job as well that you don't have to think about it. No. So, because you're going to do all your thinking at your, in your studio. You don't want to do any more thinking yeah. when you have to, like, do the paid yeah. work. Yeah. Maybe to talk a little about... So maybe we should talk a bit about your studio practice. You have uh, assistants yeah. with you, and before you didn't, when, before I knew you, when I when I when I uh, shared a studio with you, you didn't have a assistants. Yeah. Was that transition quite hard at first? No, definitely, because you, you have to you have to let go of certain aspects of the practice, and of course, you, you as a sole painter sole artist you control absolutely every aspect of the creative process and I still yeah. do yeah. but there was a lot of the, of the of just by the, the type of practice that I have and the way in which I make work there are certain elements of, of the way in which I make work that can be easily done by other people that don't require any kind of creative input but take up a huge amount of time sure. and energy yeah, yeah. so I'd find myself with regards to doing say stenciling out or marking out um, cutting out various elements of the work could, I could be spending two or three days just cutting out particular squares or s- cutting three millimeter wide pieces of strips of, 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 of uh, masking tape, which can easily obviously be done by someone else. So it just means that by having assistance there, they can yep. do the non-creative donkey work, which leaves me a much more time to do all the creative to work, do all the creative work, which is the yeah. mixing of the colors, which is doing all the drawings. Um, work out the next work. Working out the next works exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it just it just frees you up completely to yeah to, to do to do those kind of things. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, yeah. It just means it means rather than as we were talking earlier, rather than working on a single piece of artwork for three or four weeks, I'm now able to work on four artworks at the same time and move myself between yeah. between. The canvases. So you, each when you, I mean, do you have the, the your four systems every day, or do you kind of like every day, every day? Yeah, yeah. So you, so that must mean that you have like four works on it, on the go. Well, it depends on the size. So because a lot of people, two, two can work on the same canvas. If, if it's a large yeah, canvas so moment, and stuff. At the moment, there's two two people on this one. There's only one on this one. But yeah, we, yeah. But then there's, we're stretching up other paintings and and. Uh, Day to day, washing pots, and every single color is individually mixed within these pots. You can imagine we get, you know, once once the painting's finished, someone yeah. takes a whole day of washing pots, and so it's all that. It's all those because you those might not jobs. use that same color in the next yeah. painting. Well, or, or if I'm good at what I'm doing, I only mix up the amount of paint that I need for a particular oh, yeah. part of the painting. So by the time the painting's finished, there's very little paint in each of the pots, so and, and if there's not, yeah. we have a table called the butcher's table. Which is where we stick all the ones that have got excess amount of colour. Yeah. And then when when we're making new paintings, I'll go over and look at various because um, the palette is obviously I use a, the same I use a particular brand of paint, so a lot of the colours I can reuse for and repurpose them for, or use ele- small elements of those colours to, to repurpose them for a new new painting. Do you, I'm quite interested about how, do you work out the colours uh, beforehand? Have you got do you on your computer a lot? No, is I mean, it, or it's, it's, is it just by like, oh, that colour will look great? 
It's done yeah, purely, purely composition is done on the computer. So yeah. it's like, right, how do I move this around? Yeah, yeah. Then, then hand draw it onto the surface. And then what I've been doing recently is going, right, in my head, I've got this idea of what I want this whole sky element to look like. And then I'll get a, a palette and I'll mix up 30 colours that I know I'll be using in that sky. And then then I will go up to the canvas and say, right, this colour will go in here, this colour will go in here, we'll move this colour here. And then yeah. throughout the, the, the painting process, you can then change those again. Use colour 6S, which is for the C, we're going to move it up to the sky. So you can have a colour chart. Exactly. And then um, there's, then there's a, a, a certain improvisation. You don't know what colours that you want in the sky until you go so, up to the canvas and you well, look at it. Well, I'll, kind of thing. I'll, I'll, mix, I'll, pre-mix, I'll pre-mix everything. So in yeah. my head, I'm like, yeah. right, I know what this painting's going to look like. Yeah, yeah. And then it's then I'll mix all the colours yeah. and then hopefully it comes out in the way I intended it. But of course, you know, you change colours around, yeah, sure, colours sure. around as, as, as the process goes along. But, you know, that's where the art, that's, for me, that's where the excitement about making paintings is. is for me now, it's about the mixing it's the colours and stuff. And like once you've got the composition yeah. set, it's like, right, I'm interested in how this painting, you know, we warm this up, we cool this element down. And it's all, it's all the tricks of, of, uh, that we, you know, we talked about the composition, the colour theory. If I put this next to this colour, it will push it back, move it forward. We need to heat this up and cool this down. And, you know, you're constantly making those decisions. And that's why these palettes are amazing. Is that, you know, you're, I'm constantly dabbing on, on the... Yeah, and this is kind of a chart that you keep, so you know... But this this one actually this is this so, is this is not a working chart. Like yeah. The ones down here you can see that they're working chart. This is a working chart here. So these are oh, yeah. I mixed up today. Okay. So you're constantly changing. Yeah, yeah. The, the colors. So you can spend a whole day just well, mixing one color. That's pretty much what I do now. <laughs> just <laughs> spend all day. Oh yeah, that purple looks really great. We'll use that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um. No, definitely. And, and it's and, you know so you can see where these purples yeah. are going in now. So those will be going yeah. in here. So. Yeah, because the um the. The colours seem to uh, much um, much denser than previous works that I've seen. Yeah, you yeah. Li- you mix in less white yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there seems to be more space in there because th- you've got this kind of sort of that that sort of composition of light to dark and stuff that makes them look more. I suppose you want to you want to like immerse one, yourself but... into it. Yeah, which which are, you know. I think that I really like. I think that of... the paintings that were in the show Fathoms that you did. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it, it, t- it took a confidence to go right. Right, there's going to be large areas of just space, you know, That's lots of the, large areas like, of flat color. Yeah. Um, because I've got a lot more going on in this particular area, yeah. and it does give space to breathe. And it kind of work though. They work really well. Yeah. No, I think it's important. And this one's got yeah. a lot more space to breathe. Obviously, yeah. this one hasn't. But I think you know, large slabs of color with with. So your eye is, is led around the canvas much better. Yeah. It's uh, and, and as you say, it encourages you to be more uh, to be bolder with the use of colour as well. As you say, rather than using loads of whites, you're, you're much bolder with the choices that you make. And and that comes again with because I'm making a lot more work now. Yeah. You make decisions far quicker, and I think those decisions are are, are better. I, I like making decisions quick more quickly about work because if I if I'm left there to stew on a particular should I put this in or should I put this up? I'll always yeah. put more in. I'll, I'll always add. I'll never take it away. So it's it's quite good to be able to have to say, I've made a decision. Off we yeah. go. That's what we've done. That pain's done. Yeah. And because and, you, you, you move... Because you go like, oh, yeah. I could just like... Yeah. I mean, did, were you, when you saw your paintings up in the unit, 
that your last solo show. Yeah. Did you like go around and go, oh, I could have done that better or maybe change that colour? But I think, you know... <laughs> it's but I think that's like, every artist is like that. Yeah, of course. It's like you always... I think it's finished when it's on the wall, basically. That's that's yeah. what you have to decide. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just... Um, but it's, but it's you very, just want to like take it away and yeah add but, but I suppose when you know, like, like you're doing now when you're making a show yeah it's it's very very rare that you get to see like a large cohesive body of work together at the same time so yeah. as you say it's like once it's on the wall together yeah then it makes sense and it was a real pleasure to, to make work that size a real privilege to make work of that scale that goes into a space of that size yeah and it's impossible to know what that's going to turn out like you know. You needed to do large paintings that size. Yeah. Because it, like small, I don't think small works would actually work in that space. I guess. It's, it's quite a huge space. Well, they always try and overfill it. So when I went in there, I said, right, I'm just going to make eight paintings. Yeah. And they're like, oh, can you do 12? <laughs> <laughs> but, there, but, but it's good though. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it, yeah, yeah. It, worked, it worked well. And it didn't, you know. It, yeah, I think you'd, it was enough paintings in there. You I didn't need done, any more. I could have done seven, you know. I could have done six, I reckon. Yeah, I just I think could have could have done quite a minimal show. Yeah, but um, no, it looked it looked, it looked great. That, oh, that, that, that show, yeah. I think it got a good vibe. There was a lot of people. Like, yeah, of, it was well. Listen, I, I, I paint paintings, yeah. right? And uh, how's your? I'd missed the conversation. The in conversation with uh, is it Dylan Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Was that a good? It was great, you know. It's, I, it's uh, he's, he's one of the, he's an amazing character, really interesting character. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I've heard him on the radio talk about like fashion, style, and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, it's got a lot to talk about. Kind yeah, of, no, it's, 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 it's interesting. Of course, he comes from a very different angle. Like the art art world or kind of the understanding of fine art processes is not the same that goes into being the editor of GQ for the last eighteen years. You know, no, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a very very yeah, different yeah. world. So yeah. it was interesting to see what kind yeah. of questions he'd ask. I yeah. mean, I was I was told what type of questions to expect and I'd seen some of the questions that he was thinking about using okay. and some of them I was thinking my goodness these, these aren't the questions that I thought I'd be asked they, they came from a very specific kind of area like style of life yes yeah, you know because I think I think someone, they, someone that's not involved in the art in, in, in yeah. painting or art yeah. making questions to, to ask a painter is very yeah. different from someone who, who, who understands the vernacular of art making process yeah. Yeah, yeah. and asking questions yeah, yeah. you know so but I think it's quite. I think that it's quite an um, interesting thing to have someone talk to you that's not really from the art background. Yeah, because yeah, you get a different perspective. Yeah, but I also think that uh, there, there's a there's a the line between art, fashion, music, and style, whatever. Yeah, it's very blurry these days. That yeah, well, it kind of like. Your, I think, I mean, your work fits really, really well in GQ magazine. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's like a what? It's almost it's just a different so, style watch, or, or something. You look, you look at the feed of, yeah. of your Instagram feed, and mine yeah. is beautiful interior. Ninety nine percent, it's like paintings. Yeah, but then it's interiors like and uh, fast cars and yeah. you know watches and yeah, it's 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 just that's those are the images that we're constantly absorbing. You know, and I think that you know, someone like GQ, obviously, the work is very much uh, on the money for their for their their readers and their kind of yeah. aesthetic. So it's uh, it makes it makes a lot of sense. You know, you know, it's, it is about the Dolce Vita, really, isn't it? These works. You know, there is a sinister side because there's no humans within them, but there there is there is that kind of euphoric 
uh, element to them. That it's aspiration. Yeah. Aspirational, I think. Yeah. And I think that's probably why people um, talk about David Hockney as a, like a reference to your work. Yeah. Not just because you did swim pools in that show, but... Yeah. Well, it's mostly that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but no, also, also the, those paintings are based on... Um, images that you found in magazines of swimming pools, catalogues that you, yeah. when you first moved to LA. Yeah. And I think they're all about aspirational and style. For him at the time yeah, as well. Yeah, and pop art. So in that, in that sense, they're both sim- similar to, to uh, where you're, you're coming from. So, I mean, yeah, simplification. You're a swimming pool painter, so who's going to... They're going to say David Hockney. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. With me, it's always David. Uh, it's always uh, Peter Doy because I do forests and landscapes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's not a bad stick, though, is it? It's not a bad stick. I really hated it when I was at the Royal, uh, Royal Academy, and yeah. they were like, "Oh, you work so, like Peter Doy," and I'm like, "Oh, it's, it's, it's so it's easy, like, it's, so facile, isn't it?" Yeah. Like, yeah. And now I'm like, "Yeah, I really like Peter Doy." So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, you can't really go wrong with the uh, David Hockney uh, connection. Yeah. And he's quite, it's been, this year, or the last two years, he's been quite hip Yeah. again. And maybe he's been hip all the way through, but he's sort of... Well, he comes from an era where there were only like four painters in the UK that were yeah. doing anything, you know. It was him yeah, yeah. and... Uh, uh, it was Dave Boschet. Yeah, and um, Peter, Peter Blake. Not yeah. Peter Blake. Yeah, Peter Blake. Peter Blake. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know. um, yeah, yeah. Do you listen to what? Do you listen to any music and stuff or the radio or something? Yeah, you like uh, constantly listen to music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Spotify playlists. Yeah. And six music and uh, radio acts still. Sorry. Radio, is it acts acts rock rock acts? Oh no, that's, that's <laughs> that Dutch that Dutch heavy yeah. rock station. <laughs> yeah. No, not not that anymore. The assistants are really interested in listening to uh, American podcasts about oh. unsolved murders oh there's a lot of that there's Jesus, a lot of them. it's a bit bleak you know if anything comes on about yeah. children or adultery I have to yeah. turn it off but it's uh, but most yeah, it's like, there's a lot of podcasts on true crime I haven't listened to any of them but I kind yeah. of I, really I listen to a lot of comedy and um, there's a lot of these uh, podcasts where artists are going to art studios but like oh, okay. in New York oh, okay. and it's really good because um there are all these artists yeah. that I've never heard of. Yeah, um, yeah. Some of them are really interesting and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's And he's just, he's basically in the studio just talking, similar to, to, to the way we're doing, kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's really interesting. Because then you realise actually there's a lot of artists in New York, like it, the same in London, I suppose. Yeah. 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 And, well, no, we, just, I mean, just, we listen to music yeah. mostly because I find like, if we listen to podcasts, I find myself not working. Because you want to listen to, like, oh, no, what happened to that? When we had a studio together, we, uh, yeah. I, I used to listen to audiobooks, and I'd, after a quarter of an hour, I find myself just staring into space listening to. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't do it. I mean, I, a lot of the podcasts that are people actually talking about things, I don't really listen to them, they're just in the background. Mm. But I can imagine, a, like an audiobook. I just want to listen to the yeah. audiobook. No, it's impossible. <laughs> any words it's impossible. So you just need like some kind of dumb music in the background to yeah. to get you going. And that's fine. And, you know, and those those uh, those uh, the internet radios, the Spotify radio stations for oh, yeah. particular artists. 
like smooth wrap or something like that. Or well, nothing like quite, of... nothing quite as kind of generic <laughs> as that. But it's, uh, <laughs> but definitely, you know, and then you change it up, and then you listen to the radio or whatever yeah. it is. But it, you know, I think I you become a lot more aware. I've become a lot more aware. I, I've always enjoyed having someone else in the studio. Hence. Yeah, because different why, tastes and stuff. Definitely, and, and yeah. sharing and sharing with you. I, I, yeah. I, I can't make work on my own. I really, I'm useless on my own. And uh, even 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 if I had no assistance, I'd, I'd I'd still be looking to share with people and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's that it's that kind of shared knowledge of one, the art world, two, to shout at Vanessa Phelps on the radio and. And, you know, or you know, talk uh, about London radio. I remember that. <laughs> Robert Elms. <laughs> <laughs> or to or to listen yeah. to like six yeah, music yeah. podcasts because we we used to listen to so many six music. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what so, I don't know about Elvis, I've probably forgotten it all by now. But you know, you listen to a ten-hour documentary on Elvis. And it's uh, you know, it goes in one ear and out the other, but yeah. it's interesting whilst it's going on. No, they, those are really good. Those kind of. Yeah, I've tried yeah. to get the thing. Is you can download um. I, don't, kind of, I didn't realise but you could download a whole radio show, six music radio shows as well mm. and have them uh, kind of offline which yeah. is kind of really good which I've been doing some of like the three hour long sort of radio shows some, some of the documentaries are quite worthy though that yeah. I, I know that I'm only the only one in the studio that's interested in listening to them <laughs> but they're forced to listen to it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. but it's, it's yeah. Yeah, obviously just, just little things like right, you know, have to be aware like this is a working environment now. It's not just me sitting yeah. here, you know, in your boxer shorts, my ass, <laughs> looking on eBay when I get bored. You know, you've got to be very aware yeah. of how other people, you know, yeah. you're, you know, you are a boss. You're looking after the other people's uh, welfare. You, you know, their their bills and their, you know, you, you you know, you're very aware of how how that all works. Well, your business now, you're more of a business Yeah, well, of course, business, you know, you know, yeah. you're BAT registered and yeah. corporation yeah. tax. You know, yeah. I, you know you, do you remember what it was like in the first week in January trying to get all that stuff sorted yeah, out? Yeah. Horrendous. But now, obviously... You've got an accountant, I suppose. You've got an accountant to yeah. do it for you, but still, you still got to be still really on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Will, for taking the time. Yeah, no worries. To, uh, it's really good to talk. Talking. Uh, it's good to, yeah, because I haven't been around your studio at all yeah. since you moved. So yeah. It's good to come and see it and, like, and see crazy. how... Uh, it must be nearly three years in here, I think. I'd like to thank Will Marta for agreeing to be on the pod- podcast and Richard Waddle for the intro outro music you can follow will's work on instagram at w Marter and on the unit gallery website thanks for listening